0: This is week five in our series. We're talking about the importance of our words. And I want to encourage you, go back and listen to those past messages. We've laid, we've really started to lay a big foundation. We want to keep going in this. And we've talked a lot about how life and death is in the power of your tongue. Proverbs 18:21, life and death is in the power of your tongue. That word power means power, but it also in the Hebrew language means direction. In other words, your tongue is your steering wheel. We've also known that, that that Hebrew word gives us a picture of someone being handed something to someone. In other words, your tongue hands you things. You could change everything in your life by changing your words. And where we're going with this and what we've seen Is the greek word for our confession. It's the greek word homo Logeo it literally means to say The same thing in other words we as christians are to say What god says So what does that mean that means we walk through life? speaking god's words Not speaking what we feel not speaking, see, we don't talk about our mountain, we talk to our mountain, right? And so this is how we live. And so we're talking a lot about that. Let's, tonight, I want to kind of focus in on, in relation to our words, I want to talk about the language of faith. So we want to, what I want you to see is the connection between your walk and life of faith and how important your words are to that. Because there's a language of faith that we are to speak. We're not to speak the language of doubt, right, confusion. We're not to give our tongue to the enemy because that could bring stuff into your life that you don't want and that God does not want for you. So Mark chapter 11, we've talked about this so much, but, you know, we can't talk about it enough. Why? Well, faith comes by hearing, right? So let's look at this. This is the story where Jesus curses a fig tree. And now over 24 hours later, Peter says, hey, Lord, that that fig tree that you cursed is withered away. And now Jesus is answering that question. It says, and Jesus answering, he's answering Peter, but he said unto them, so now he's talking to all of his disciples, all of his followers that were there. He said, have faith In God. Now this can be translated as I've said before. It could be it could be translated, have faith in God. It could be translated just as accurately, have the faith of God, or could you could translate it have the God kind of faith. And then in the next two verses, he's going to really give the most concise teaching and scripture on the uh, how how the faith of God how it operates. So he's literally telling you and I how the faith of God operates or how God operates in faith. Now that's pretty major because that's how, you know, that's how the worlds were created, that's how everything is held together, right? All of this stuff. So now let's start talking about this. He says here in verse 23, for verily this word in the Greek is very strong it means most assuredly I say unto you. Now now you got to you got to picture this. What is Jesus doing? He's speaking the language of faith. Every word he speaks it's unchangeable. It's not subject to change. Isn't it amazing? He answered saying I say to you. In other words Guys, I'm saying this like if God came in here right now and said, hey, it's Thursday. I say unto you, Elisa, it's Thursday. Guess what? It would be Thursday. Because everything God says comes to pass. So now Jesus is saying, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever, he's starting to tell us how faith operates, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Okay? Notice in this verse, it talks three times about saying. One time about believing. Saying is so such a big part of the walk of faith. Let's look at this. So faith, the operation of faith, which a major part of it is saying. I could say this. You're never going to be able to walk by faith, live by faith, if you're not speaking God's word, because saying is such a big part of the walk of faith, okay? So, So track with me here, faith, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight says, for by grace are you saved, that's a big statement. So we were saved by grace. What is grace? It's the finished work of Christ. It is God doing for you and I what we could never do for ourselves. And this is the Greek word sozo. You could translate it this way, because the word sozo doesn't mean just going to heaven. The word sozo means healing, it means prosperity. It means deliverance in every area of our lives. So you could say, for by grace, I was healed. For by grace, I was saved. For by grace, I prosper. See, unless God did this, he literally provided everything for man. All things that pertain to life and godliness, blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, All of it was by the grace of God. For by grace are you saved. Now what's interesting about this word, saved, it's the Greek word sozo. It's in the Greek perfect tense. Which means something happened in the past and it was completed and done. However, it continues to operate presently. And ever will. Sozo. For by grace, I was healed, I am healed, and I ever will be healed. Salvation. For by grace, I'm protected, and I'll always be protected. I was delivered, and I am delivered, and I always will be delivered. That's salvation. For by grace, I was provided for. And I am provided for, and I always will be provided for. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall never want. Right? So this is interesting. It says here, for by grace are you saved. But how are you saved? Through faith. So in other words, God has provided everything to us by his grace It comes to us through faith. Or in other words, I must lay hold of, through faith, what God has given me by his grace. So, as an example, the medium of exchange in the world is money. Have you noticed that? If you didn't notice that, just stop paying your car payment. You know, in a few months later, you might go out to your parking lot and go, oh, shoot, where's my car? Right? And you'll find out, oh, wait a minute, that wasn't your car. That's the bank's car. That's the finance car, right? So, so literally, faith is the medium of exchange in the kingdom of God. In other words, the only way that you can lay hold of something God has given you by his grace is you must use faith does that make sense and predominant part of faith is saying this is why your words are so important remember we looked at that scripture by your words Matthew 12 you'll be justified right that means you'll be pardoned and you'll be set free or by your words you'll be condemned by your words you'll be what sentenced and taken into captivity by our words our words are so important for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself or yourselves it is the gift of God in other words salvation and faith is not from us they are both gifts from God so, in other words, God gave us everything by His grace. And then, when we became born again, how did we get saved? We had to believe what His word said in our heart. And then we had to confess with our mouth Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead and you're Lord of all. And today, now I receive you as my Lord. And then what happened? is now the Holy Spirit of God came into the inside of our physical body, took out that spirit man that was dead and separated from God, and God put a brand new spirit in us, and then the Holy Spirit of God came in to dwell in us forever, and then he shed the love of God abroad in our hearts so that we see faith works by love. So we have to have that, right? So now, what does the Bible say? God put a new spirit in us so that we could know those things that are freely given to us by God. So that we can know. So we're saved by grace through faith. 1 John 5 4 says this For whatsoever, really it's the Greek word whosoever, is born of God overcomes the world. That's the word cosmos, overcomes the world system. Whoever is born of God overcomes everything the world system can throw at you. Wow. You know, you could quote that scripture forever. But when you get a revelation, wait a minute. What? Because the whole world system is designed to steal from you. It's designed to create fear. All of these things. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's how he operates. And the Bible says if you're born of God, you overcome. And this word overcome, it's really interesting. It's a continual present tense. You continually overcome the world system. I wonder if we knew that it would change the way we pray for our city, for our family, for our nation, for everybody. See, this is... So in other words faith see then it says here for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world this is the victory what is it even our faith now remember we got to keep this in context because it's our faith because God gave it to us but in reality what did he give us a measure of his faith his faith comes by hearing his word so anytime you hear, see our faith, realize it's talking about the faith of God. Right? We have a bunch of Word of Faith people, you know, carnal Word of Faith people, people running around going, oh, you know what, I got that with my faith. Come on, brother. Are you kidding me? It's like you're saying you're breathing with your lungs. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, your lungs belong to him. Right? right? Keeps things in perspective. So, we have victory through faith. We got saved through faith. Now, Galatians chapter 2.20. I love this one. We are to live by faith. By whose faith? By the faith of God. Paul said this, I am, in the Greek language it would read, I have been and am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live... But then he says here, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. How do I live? I live by the faith of the Son of God. And saying is a very big part of faith. So, I, see, that's why my words are so important. Are you starting to see a little bit here? Also, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, what does that say? For we walk by faith and not by sight. So not only was I saved by faith, not only do I have victory by faith, faith is my victory, right? Not only do I walk by the faith of God, but I live by the faith of God. We are to walk according, in other words, we're to walk according to what we believe and not what we see, not what we feel, not what we hear. We walk according to what we believe. Right? Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith, it's impossible to even please God. Hebrews 11.6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why? For he who comes to God must believe that he is. What does that mean? It, he must believe that he is who he says he is. Right? He doesn't just heal one person and not another. No, he's provided healing for all. He doesn't just save one person and not another. He's provided, sa- he's provided salvation for everyone. He's no respecter of persons. We must believe that he's good. He's not good sometimes and not good other times. No, no. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. We must believe that he is who he says he is but we also must believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That means when you're reaching up, he's reaching down. When you're drawing close, he's drawing close. All the promises of God are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, amen. And guess where you are? In Christ. Isn't that good news? So you got to know God's not withholding from you today. God's holding everything. He's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, and he's saying, come to the table. Get what you want, but you got to hear his word to believe it in your heart and then speak it out of your mouth. That's what faith is, right? What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says comes to pass, he'll have whatever he says. That's faith. God, God loves you. God wants you to, he he wants you to lay hold of everything that he's provided for you in Christ. And you're going to have to speak his word. You're going to have to speak out of your spirit what you believe instead of speaking out of your mind what you're feeling or seeing. Does that make sense? This is huge. Huge. If God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then the reality of your life is you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If God says all things are possible to him who believes, then guess what? All things are possible to him who believes. Remember Psalm 91, right? He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty, right? I continually abide under the shadow of the Almighty. As you go through Psalm 91, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it won't come near me. But in order to walk that out, you've got to know verse 2. Because right after it says, I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, how do I live under the shadow of the Almighty if I read that scripture in New Testament truth? I live by faith. So that's why verse 2 of Psalm 91 says, I will say of the Lord. This isn't going to happen for everybody, even though it's for everybody See, God can't force stuff on you. He won't violate your will. You have to invite it in. But when you speak his word, he watches over his word to perform it. I will say of the Lord, right? Look at this. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. And in him, I trust. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I am moved only by what I believe that God said in my heart. That's what moves me. Now the last thing here I'll talk about with faith. for Well, I shouldn't say the last thing. That's a silly <laughs> statement. We are able to receive or we are able to possess the things God has already given us. How do we possess them? As we walk and live and are in faith. That's how we receive them. James chapter 1 verse 5 through verse 8 tells us all about this James 1 verse 5 through verse 8 the word of God says this if any man lack wisdom let him ask of God I love this and then it tells us a little bit about who God is God is a God who gives to all men liberally which means if you ask God for something he'll give you more than what you ask him for always why that's, what he, that's who he is your cup is not full your cup runs over right? If your cup is only full, that's not God's will for your life. Because guess what? You're not here for you. We're the body of Christ. We're here to be light in this world. Our cup has to overflow so that we have an overflow for others, right? Who gives to all men liberally, and then I love this part, and upbraids not. Another thing about God is he never gets the, this up this Greek phrase upgrade upbraids not means God never gets down on you for the mess you've created. And everybody said amen. amen. Right? If you don't know that, you're saying, oh me. But when you say that when you see that, you're like, oh, amen. So be that unto me. Right? And it says, and it shall be given him. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God gives to every man liberally, and he doesn't upbraid. But here, and Aaron it says, and it shall be given to him, but, verse 6, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. This is the Greek word diakrino, nothing wavering. This word waver means to differ or contend with. It literally gives you the picture of you're trying to stand in two places at the same time. If you need wisdom, in other words, if you need anything from God, you've got to ask in faith with nothing wavering. Why? Because if you're wavering, guess what? You're not in faith. Ask in faith, nothing wavering. If you're wavering, that means you're not in faith. Well, I'm working on getting in faith. Well, no. No, no. If you're not in faith, you're not in faith. Remember the series on thankfulness. You're either thankful or you're unthankful. There's no middle ground. Tonight, you're either in faith in an area or you're not in faith. Now, once you're in faith, you can can develop your faith and your faith will get stronger and grow. God expects that. But, But see, nothing wavering. We can't differ or we can't oppose. What does that mean? Well, I believe I received my healing. Then I go to the doctor, and man, the tumor grew. Well, And the thought hits my mind, well, maybe I'm not healed. But God says, I sent my word and healed you. The word of God says in Matthew 8 that Jesus himself, right, bore my sickness and carried my pain. Well, when did he do that? Yesterday? No. No, no. About AD 30 to AD 32, way before I was ever born, on the cross, he bore my sickness and carried my pain. He paid the price. Isaiah 53 with his stripes, I'm healed. He bore my sickness, he carried my pain. So, although I have a report from a doctor that, that I can see, faith never denies the circumstance, faith always denies its right. To be in my body. Why? Because Jesus paid for that. right. Right? Poverty and lack. I don't deny that I don't have enough money. I don't deny that in the natural. It looks like I don't have enough. I just deny the right of that poverty and lack to stay in my life. Because the Bible says that Jesus was made poor on the cross. So that me through his poverty might be made rich. And rich means a full and overflowing supply, more than enough. He meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory, and it comes to me through his son, Jesus. The Bible says in Romans, whatever is not of faith is sin. What does that mean? Sin, you missed the mark. Anything that is not in faith is sin. Wow, that'll, that, that's That'll get you, right? That's wrong. Just, just in case, you should write this down, just in case you might want to look at this a little bit more. That's Romans 14, 23. The end of verse 23. That's why when you stand before God, I stand before God as a pastor, and if, I'm, if, if all of a sudden, everything that we do here is just done in the natural and was not done in faith, All you're going to see when your pastor stands before Jesus is this big flash of light. And everybody's going to go, ooh. And then none of you can make fun of me in eternity for a while while my eyebrows grow back. No, that's not going to be the case, right? Thank God for faith. Man, I'm telling you, if you don't get it by faith, you don't even want it. Because because every good and perfect gift comes from above. Everything God gives you is perfect. And then he gives you his faith so that you can lay hold of it. See, that's why Isaiah 53, this great redemptive chapter about Jesus, starts out with, Who hath believed our report? And to whom will the arm of the Lord, the manifest power of God, be revealed? It'll only be revealed to those that believe the report of the Lord. So if you get a report from a doctor, don't don't preach to the doctor. He's doing his job or she's doing his job. Telling you exactly what they see and you thank them. Right? And if you need to take some medicine, take it in faith. And believe God to get off of it. Right? Right? But don't buy into the lie that, well, you know, to be in faith, I can't take medicine. Does that say that in the Bible? My my Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. It doesn't come by not taking medicine. Now, now not taking medicine might get you a ticket home early. But you don't want to do that. I mean, you'll be glad to see the Lord. You'll be like, and, and he's going to be going... You know, it's good, great to see you. But man, did I have some other things. And then what's going to happen is then he's going to be coming to all of us going, okay, you guys got to work harder now because so-and-so didn't do their job. They came home early. So we're all going to show up at your mansion and go, hey, what's going on? Why'd you go home 10 years early? Man, we had a lot. We had our plate full with what we had to do. I'm just messing with you, but you know what I'm saying, right? We please God as we operate in faith. We receive and possess the things of God as we operate in faith. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers. Now it's going to give you a picture of Diacrino. is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. You don't want to be that way right? You don't want to be driven with the wind. You want to be led by the Spirit. If you've ever been in the ocean and you've gotten in a riptide or you've gotten some waves and your feet is off the ground, you got to know how to navigate that because you can't just go, you know what? There's 18 foot waves and I don't care. I'm going this direction. Good luck with that. I remember when I moved from Illinois, never saw a wave before. Went to Laguna Beach for the first time alone. Mistake number one. First thing I thought I'd do is, well, I'm going to test to see how salty the ocean water is. I was 17 and really stupid. You know, it's like, it's like taking salt and just sticking it in your mouth. You know, I'm spitting up and, you know, probably look like an idiot. And then a wave's coming in and I'm thinking, well, I'll just stand here and it'll just go, go through me. And next thing I know, I thought I was going to die. I'm, I'm, on, I'm just like underwater, moving, moving, moving. And then I had this thought. I'm sure it came from the Holy Spirit stand up. So I just stood up and I was about to hear in water. And when I looked, I'm 17, so I'm really cool. I keep telling my kids, we're still cool, right? And they're like, Dad, cool, just dated you, right? Whatever. But, but when you stand up and then you see people on the beach just going, laughing, you know, right? No, no, you don't want to be driven like a wave. Driven and tossed. Satan would love to drive and toss you, right? It says, for let not that man, What? The man without faith, the man who's wavering, think that he shall receive anything of the Lord because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You don't want to be double-minded. You want to be single. You want to renew your mind with the word of God. See, when you get revelation knowledge of his word, it makes you single. Jesus didn't say, I am one way. He says, I am the way. Faith is not an option. So in other words, the next thing now, from Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, we quench all the fiery darts of Satan with faith. Wow. In Ephesians 6.16, it says, above all. In the Greek, it says, in front of all. Let us, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith, or in front of all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, this is interesting. Take the shield of faith, wherewith, who's going to quench the darts? You shall be able. To quench the fiery darts. Well, we know from scripture that the fiery darts are thoughts that he's throwing into your mind. And we're to take every one of them captive. How do you take them captive? The second Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the utter destruction of strongholds. Right? Pulling down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the word of God. How do you do that? You take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it is the word of God is a two-edged sword. The one edge is what God said. The other edge is you saying what God said. So you take thoughts captive. You quench. See, what is faith? Faith speaks. You've heard me say this so much. Whenever a circumstance comes in your life or situation happens in your life that's contrary to what the Word of God says, you must immediately and accurately, with the Word of God, answer it. It is written, right? When that pain hits your body, it is written. Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law includes all sickness and all disease. Therefore, I am redeemed from all sickness and all disease. Right? We 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 take that captive. That's see, a Roman soldier, that shield, they it was, it had a leather, they put leather on it. It was real ornate, and it was individual to the soldier, but they would, before they would go to battle, they would soak that shield in water. So when a fi- like when the fiery arrow, an arrow with fire would hit it, it'd go out. That's, I wonder, I mean, what a picture, right? The water of the word will quench every, every, every fiery dart of the enemy. So this is why faith is so important and faith has to do with saying. So now that we've got the introduction out of the way, go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. So because of everything we've been saying for, for five weeks, now what do we do? Let us, notice it doesn't say let me. Once again, it's together. Let us. You want to stand Remember, the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. Who does he go after? He's like a roaring lion. Who does a lion go after? Go to Africa. Watch a lion. He's looking for the one that is away from the pack. T.L. Osborne said it this way. Great missionary. He said the banana that gets pulled away from the bunch is always the one that gets peeled. In your house, your whole life, every time a banana got peeled, pulled away from the bunch, what happened? What was next? It got peeled and it got eaten. Right? Let us hold fast. This means seize hold of. Let us seize hold of the profession of our faith without wavering, without diacrino, without differing or contend with see i'm telling you let us is a key here because you surround yourself with a few people that know how to believe god when you're believing god for something and it will help you hold fast to what you're saying but if you're gonna be you know if you're gonna be this Rocky, this Sylvester Stallone, I can do it on my own. I'll get up at five in the morning, drink six raw eggs, run, and it's all going to work out. No, 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 no. You're going to be just like Rocky in the ring going, I mean, blood, you can't see anything, going, yo, God, what is going on? But you're not going to win. No, no, let us. We surround ourselves. We be encompassed with so great a company. But we hold fast to the profession, the homo logeo, to saying the same thing that God says. Have you ever been going through something? Your body's hurting, right? Your finances are out of control. Wouldn't it be nice to have a few friends that you can call on, right? That, that hey, Listen, Carissa, hey, can you tell me how blessed I am? You call Carissa up, she'll go, absolutely. You know, what she'll, you know what she'll start hearing? It is written, it is written, it is written. And pretty soon you'll get excited. And then you'll say, that's right, it's written, and it'll help you. That's how we, that's how we walk together. That's why even Paul's letter to the the Colossian church, Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, Paul's letter to the churches at Galatia, all of this stuff talked about together. Revelation knowledge always flows as a result of believers loving each other. Paul said this, every prayer of supplication which helps us lay hold of the plan of God for our life, every one of them, when I heard of your faith, and your love for all the saints, I cease not to pray for you. What about those who were not walking in faith and love? He didn't pray for them. Wouldn't do much good. Interesting. We get everything together. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. And here's, here it is. Why? Because God is faithful who promised if he said it he'll do it if he spoke it he will bring it to pass man i'm telling you i'm gonna preach this until ever i'm gonna preach this when, when when i'm in heaven i'm gonna be chomping at the bit let me go back to the earth in the millennium i mean no i'll be i'll be kicking out for seven years going i could wait <laughs> right don't really like horses but jesus i'll ride a horse with you when we come back right But what am I going to be doing for a thousand years in the millennium? Preaching. He's faithful. He's faithful. What's going to fill our voices forever? He is faithful that promised. Right? Let us hold fast. Why are we saying this? Because there is a connection between what you say and what you have in your life, it's connected. You and I will never rise above our confession. Before the end of this series, you're going to hear me say that probably a hundred times. I don't know, this is probably 10 or 15 already. The controlling factor in your life is your words. This is so important. So in other words to change your life to change the direction to change the circumstances to change where you are at you must change your words so many people think they need a change i need to i need to change i need to i need a new house i need a new car maybe if i get some new clothes i'll just feel better i'll feel more blessed I need a new church. I need need new friends. I need this. And when all they really need is a change on the inside, not a change on the outside. Because everything on the outside, everything like this in your life, flows from this. Flows from your intimate relationship with God. Everything does. So to change your life, you must change your words. I'm telling you, in 2021, as we are vastly approaching the end of the church age, you must hear this. Not with your mind, but you got to get this in your heart. It's See, so many people in our circles, they know the word here, but they don't know it here because they think, oh gosh, I got that. That pastor says the same thing over and over. I got it. I understand it. Pastor, thank you so much for all you've poured into my life. Now i got to go to the deeper things of God. Well, that's okay as long as you're going to the Word. But if it's not the Word, it's not deeper. There is nothing deeper than the Word of God. Nothing deeper. Why? Because the Word is Jesus. And everything flows out of the Word of God. Putting God's Word in your heart is what causes you to value the words that you speak. Putting God's word in your heart through meditating in his word day and night is what causes you to value the words that you speak. If you want to stop judging people, slandering people, gossiping about people, if you want to stop lying, if you want to stop speaking doubt and unbelief, which is a stench in the nostril of God, you've got to get his word in your heart in order to value your words. It's the only way to do it. If you don't do that, you'll just be out talking and saying all kinds of stuff. I talk all the time. That's how come I got to be in the word a lot more. Because even being in the word all the time, I still say stupid stuff. But the, the good thing is, is I jump back. Okay, wait, no, time out. I curse that word. You know, as a pastor, pastors will say, man, they love Isaiah 54. You know, I could curse every, every tongue that rises up against me in judgment. And they're thinking about people. No, 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 I'm thinking about me. Have you ever said something stupid? But revelation knowledge of the word of God in your heart will cause you to value your words because you'll start to see, wait a minute, I am a speaking spirit just like my father. I don't speak just to communicate. I am to speak to put spiritual law in motion. So I'm putting spiritual law in motion that will bring my children to Christ, that will cause my grandchildren to grow up and be mighty men of God. I'm not speaking just to be funny. I'm speaking because it's life and death is in the power of my tongue. And if I speak his word, he watches over it to, put, to bring it to pass. This is what I'm talking about, the importance of our words. We frame our world with the words that we speak out of our mouth that we believe in our heart in the same way that God framed the world's with the words that he believed in his heart and spoke out of his mouth. It's exactly how it works. You will never see anything in your life until you hear it come out of your mouth. Everything in your life, it comes from your heart. Your destiny, your future is inside of you. It is not in front of you. Well, I just really need to know what I'm to do. And this is what we do. I just really need to know I'm, I'm in this situation and man, I'm being pressed. And so I'm starting to look. Okay, what do I do? Okay, I, I, I kind of look and I'm looking over here. Ah, that doesn't make me feel good. Oh, come on. Let me go over here. Maybe this will make, oh, maybe, yeah, this is God. Right? And, and, and no, 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 no. God doesn't lead you from the outside. Everything comes from the inside. So we speak out of our heart. We speak out of our mouth what we believe in our heart. So that's why we must have the word of God in abundance in our heart. To change my future, I must renew my mind with God's word. Why? Because this is the only thing that will change my mouth. The only way to change your mouth. Don't go home from here and go, man, my words are so important. My life's a mess because of what I've been saying, so I just got to work harder. No, 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 no. No, no. Start meditating in the Word of God, and it will change your words. Don't try to grab hold of the Word on this. Let the Word grab hold of you on this. Because when the Word grabs hold of you, it'll change your words. It's a flow. All of your life flows out of the overflow of your relationship with Him. When you sleep at night, the Word will be going off, and the, the Word, the Holy Spirit, is just speaking to your spirit. Your spirit's getting stuff day and night. That's what God wants you. Don't fill your your ears with a bunch of nonsense. So the word isn't and 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 all of a sudden you're looking at all this stuff and you're not focused on the word. Right? I mean, look look at Colossians chapter three, verse one. Hallelujah. We're not going to get near as far as I thought I'd get tonight. Is that okay? You'll come back next week. If you don't, I'm still preaching but I believe you will. And then more some, right? More so. So Colossians chapter three, verse one, Paul says this, if you then be risen with Christ, in the Greek language it, says, it would say it this way, since you were risen with Christ, seek or pursue with all of your heart the things which are above Wow, where Christ sits on the right hand or the right side of God. Set Now, how do I do that, pastor? Okay, so, so now, now think about this. Since you were risen with Christ, sit, pursue with all your heart. So if you're pursuing with all of your heart the things that are above, do you have time to pursue anything else? You can't pursue it with your heart. Nothing will fulfill you if you're not pursuing it with your heart. Pursue things with your flesh, it'll make you hunger more for the flesh, which will produce more death in your life. So how do I do this, Pastor? So glad you asked. Set. This means deliberately set your affection. This word affection means deliberately set your mind and your thoughts on things above and then in case you can't figure this out, not on things of the earth. What? How in the world can I possibly? See, this, is, this word set your affections, your mind, and your thoughts. It, it's, it's not saying don't look at natural things. I pray when you drive home, you're watching where you're driving. Right? Right? But we're talking about, but don't, don't pursue it. Don't, don't focus your attention so much on that. It's just, yeah, you'll see things out here. You see things in the natural. Yeah, I see a symptom in my body, but I am not setting my mind or my thought on it. I am only to set it on things above. Right? And never on things on the earth. Well, think about it, if you're to walk or live by faith. See, and we might get into this, but I got to tell you, if I'm not ever preaching something that you're going, that's so far beyond the natural, then maybe you should find another church. Because see, I'm not talking to your mind. I'm not talking to what is possible. I am talking See, I'm talking to your spirit right now, and your spirit is unlimited. We're not talking about positive thinking and positive confession. We are talking about divine thinking and divine confession, which is all things are possible which, th- listen, I already have the victory, so all this junk has to bow. I'm already, I already am the healed, so sickness has to get out of my body. I already am prosperous. It might not look like it, but I am. And you just hide and watch, because you'll see it. See, what is glory? See, the Bible says as we peer in, 2 Corinthians 3, it says, as we peer into the Lord, we're changed into into his very image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. Glory to glory. How is the glory of the Lord going to cover the earth? What What does that look like? See, when I believe the word of God that is in revelation knowledge in my heart, and I speak it out of my mouth, the glory of God is released. So when you talk about going from glory to glory, this means you're walking by faith, man. You're believing the word in your heart. You're you're declaring things and God's bringing them to pass. You're not controlling God. No, no. You're declaring what he already says he wants. In other words, you are walking in Christ. It's no longer I that am living. It's Christ that's living in me. And now this life in the flesh that I'm living, I'm living it by the faith of the Son of God. So now the grace of God, the grace of God is coming into my heart and the glory of God is coming out of my heart. How is it coming out of my heart? Because it's coming out of my mouth. This is why the enemy wants to shut you up. So verse 3, why do we do this stuff? For you are dead. In the Greek language it says, for you died. And your life is tucked away with Christ in God. That's why we do it. See, why would we look on things of the earth? You positionally are not seated on the earth. You're, at, you're in Christ far above all principalities and powers. Why are people afraid? Because they don't know where they're seated. They're looking at stuff on the earth and they're getting really afraid. You know, I'd love to go to JCPenney and buy some clothes, but man, there's no way I'm ever going back there again. No, no, I'm not going to let anybody stop me from going somewhere. But I'm going to be led by the Spirit. Right? And if he tells me to go to northern Iraq, I'll be okay. That's, it's, this is the way we live. So now, remember Hebrews 10, 38, right? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. We'll kind of close with this. Let me see. Yeah, darn it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. It says, now... The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But here it is, this was written for our church. But we, at Faith Family Church, are not of them who draw back unto perdition, which means destruction. I'm not one that draws back. I'll never draw back. I draw nigh to God and he draws nigh to me. I don't have any armor for my backside because I'm never running from Satan. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Okay, so I will close with this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. I love this scripture. We having the same spirit of faith. What do you mean the same spirit of faith? The same spirit of faith that Joshua had. The same spirit of faith that David had. The same spirit of faith that Moses had. The same spirit of faith that Daniel had in the lion's den. The same spirit of faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before they went in the fiery furnace. The same spirit of faith That Jesus had. Right? According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. If you are not speaking the word of God, it's because you haven't meditated on it enough to see it so that you believe it. I believe. Now, if you just mental assent to it, oh, I understand it. Yeah, you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you get it. And, 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 you know, you do it three times, and then, then a circumstance gets worse, and Satan goes, boo, and you throw everything up in the air and go, yeah, that doesn't work. No, no, but when it gets down in your heart, the spirit of faith takes over. It grabs hold of you. The word grabs hold of you, and now you are like, no, 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 no. I believed, and therefore have I spoken We also believe and therefore speak. I'm believing and I'm speaking. I'm believing and I'm speaking. Faith believes in the heart and then speaks out of the mouth. So in other words, biblical confession is we agree with God by saying what he has said. We humble ourselves to say what he said instead of what we're seeing or feeling or hearing. The world system will always try to program you to speak based on what you believe with your that you, what, what you believe by your senses, but the word of God will program you and renew your mind so that your spirit will teach your mouth how to speak.